0: Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi everyone, I hope you're having a good week, wishing everyone who celebrates a Merry Christmas and wishing you all a very, very happy new year. This will be my last podcast of 2023 as I'm going on vacation next week to the Bahamas and there aren't any shows airing that I could find on bravotv.com. So we're going to have to hit you back up back in January with all things Bravo, and especially all things Housewives. Well, one thing I wanted to quickly get into is Winter House. We had the finale this past week, and then for the first time ever, there was a reunion. It was at Watch What Happens Live. It wasn't a fancy setup or anything, but I thought it was actually kind of nice to have a reunion, and I would like to see that on all the shows in the future. I just feel like if you're going to have a show, you have to have a reunion, so It was interesting to me that it felt like no one really changed their minds about things watching the show back. I always find that so fascinating. People seem to be very sort of wedded to their narrative as they perceived it to happen, and a little bit less on how it was presented to the outside world. Um, the only person that seemed a little bit different was Amanda, who said that she didn't really notice the flirtation between Alex and Jordan while she was in the house, but that watching it back, it did feel a little bit inappropriate since Alex was sleeping with Danielle. Now, you guys know I've been really hard on Danielle and i Part of me just wishes that she took a few notes from what people have been saying and that she kind of wanted to have it both ways at the reunion. All she talked about was that how Alex disrespected her. But I actually don't really think he did. I think she disrespected herself by saying that she was okay having casual sex and then, you know, she wasn't okay. <laughs> and so I think maybe she doesn't understand the term casual or I don't know what it was, but. There was a lot of sort of desperation I felt by some of the women on the show, but again, they're in this house, they're filmed 24-7, I'm sure they get cabin fever, and I'm sure that contributes you know, to how people are behaving, plus the cast admitted to not sleeping more than four hours a night, which honestly would have driven me absolutely mad. (laughs) Um, It was kind of hard to watch Samantha, Sam, who's dating Corey, go after the women who were flirting with Corey when he wasn't 100% clear about his relationship status. And I think the reason for that was that she goes after Corey every day in their relationship. And this was her first opportunity to confront the other women after seeing all of the footage. But it definitely was misplaced anger. I don't think, I think they felt bad for her. I don't think that they were trying to harm her relationship with Corey. I don't think either of them care about Corey that much. Like It wasn't that deep. And I think Sam knew that she came across kind of pathetic. And she's not that kind of girl. At least that's not how she wants to present herself. So I think she was mad at herself. But instead of saying that, she (laughs) she decided to take it out mainly on Malia, um, but a little bit on Jordan as well. And you know what? She should have taken it out just on Corey. And I don't know. Like, Part of me just wants to be like, maybe he's not that into you if he didn't want to make it official eight months into it. And also stop pretending to be the quote unquote cool cool girl who's like fine with no labels and doesn't want to talk about her feelings and let's just have fun when you really do have feelings. I don't think that makes you cool. I think that makes you not in touch with yourself. And you know, we've seen from Craig on Southern Charm how when someone, you know, when he really likes someone, Paige, he went after it and he made it official. And, you know, there was a period of time where there was like overlap with Naomi and they weren't official and all of that. But he, he decided to make it official with Paige. And I feel like that's what Corey should have done. And I think that's what people usually do when they're really interested in someone. And so, I don't know, Samantha probably shouldn't have let Corey get away with not defining the relationship, going into the winter house, saying that, oh, I'm not going to sleep with anyone isn't defining the relationship exactly. So I don't know, I felt bad for her um, because I'm sure she's watching this back and being like, I look pathetic. I don't know. She might need to do a little bit of re-evaluation. And it seems like Katie is over Tom Schwartz and that, you know, they had fun after the show. But I think when she watched the last season of Vanderpump Rules, she kind of understood maybe where some of his negative qualities lie. Um Yeah, but overall, I thought it was a really fun season. I enjoyed watching it. And I really hope that if they bring it back next year, that Jordan has another cast member from her show to join her and maybe a few less below deck people. Or maybe there are only three. I don't know. But I want some new people and maybe having someone else from Brian Benny's cast join him because he is a star. He is so fun. And then don't bring in someone like Casey because it's so random to always have a person who's not been on a show before. I find that so odd. It was so odd when they did it last year. Just have people who are on other Bravo shows. It doesn't matter if they don't watch anything else on Bravo. That makes it more interesting, you know? So... Those are my thoughts on Winter House. And then also on Southern Charm because I didn't get a chance to watch it before I chatted with my guest. But I am just loving the season of Southern Charm. Madison is absolutely everything. I'm so into Craig and how into Paige he is and how open and honest he is with his emotions and his feelings and his thoughts. And I loved when he told her, you know, I would be okay without you. I'm at a place in my life where I, you know, I'd be sad, but I'd be okay. And that just tells me everything I need to know about where he is in life and where he is in this relationship that he's not codependent and that's a healthy thing and that's a good thing and I hope that at some point Paige is able to compromise if she really wants to be with him. And I hope that he makes it clear like I do have an expiration date. I won't I'm not going to do this indefinitely. So We'll see what happens with them. But I think they're a very good match for each other. Um, Going back to the beginning of the episode where they're in Jamaica and Taylor is standing in front of everyone at dinner and giving this monologue about how this is her fourth apology and she's never had someone like Olivia, like a friend, just be so terrible to her and say that they hate her. And you know she's had such a strong word. And I don't know. Taylor just... I don't think she gets where she went wrong. And I don't think Olivia's done a really good job in these last, since her brother died, of explaining where Taylor went wrong for obvious reasons. I feel like Olivia is in the very depths of grief and she's probably not able to articulate herself as well. But the issue that she had mentioned before, which I 100% agree with, is the timeline. When they were in New York filming last year's reunion, Austin tried to get back with Olivia, and Taylor was counseling Olivia, take him back, forgive him. That's what she was telling Olivia. Olivia did forgive him. She went to LA for a few days. And when she came back, Austin was no longer interested in her. And at about that time, Austin and Taylor had hooked up. And so that's the issue. She was counseling Olivia to forgive him. Olivia wasn't thinking about forgiving him. She really wasn't sure. And I think what tipped it and what made her forgive him was Taylor insisting on it. He's a really good guy. He really loves you. He cares about you. Give him another shot. And she did it only to be hurt again, all because Taylor's the one who convinced her and then for Taylor to be the one within days or weeks of, you know, telling Olivia to forgive Austin to be the one hooking up with him and making a move on him. I mean, that's the betrayal. It that that's the betrayal itself. It's not just the fact that it happened. It's it's that it happened that she had been telling Olivia to be a certain way and then you know she was doing something completely different you know behind closed doors and then she lied about it and then she tried to diminish the relationship that Olivia and Austin had downplay it they were never official therefore it doesn't mean anything i don't know it was it was really pathetic and when taylor mentioned Olivia's brother. Like, I talked to my brother. We're so close the way you feel about your brother. She didn't have to say that. I think any mention of the brother within weeks of his passing is just completely unnecessary. And you don't need to explain how close you are with your brother to someone who just lost theirs. And, you know, I think What Olivia was trying to say is, this was such a big deal to you that you talked to your family about it. This wasn't just like a drunken decision. This is something that you really thought through. And so the fact that you really thought through it and you didn't think about how it would impact me is why I don't trust you as a friend. And it's wild that Taylor doesn't seem to get that it's just, it's absolutely bonkers. And she's still now painting herself as the victim of, you know, being verbally abused by Olivia and not being forgiven. And I feel like this is the first time in her life that she's, you know, apologized for something and not been forgiven. And so she's just unsure of how to behave. And she's a complete mess. And she was directly next door to Olivia's Hotel room, and she's FaceTiming with her brother, and then saying, I don't regret any of it. Oh my God. That was just, and that's exactly why Olivia's not taking your apologies because you don't mean it. You don't regret what you did. You don't see what you did was wrong and conniving and nasty to a girlfriend. So, It'll be interesting to see the reunion and how Taylor talks about herself, because it sounds like the Southern Charm finale is coming up and the next episode is the finale. And so I haven't heard anything about the reunion, when they filmed it, how they filmed it. If anyone knows anything, um, drop me a DM because I'm super interested. A couple other thoughts on things I didn't get to touch on in this week's episode on Salt Lake City. I feel like Whitney was trying to have a moment when she was going after Heather and saying that Heather exploited her sexuality in the book. I mean, that was, I think, ridiculous. I also believe that Whitney had a chance to look through the book before it was published and even had some things taken out. I don't know why I remember that. Maybe I'm incorrect. I don't know. Um, but I really feel like she was trying to have a moment and she's starting to feel like Salt Lake's Ashley Darby and that she's messy just for messiness sake and not necessarily because it's how she feels unless she was just really drunk and that's the thing that pissed her off. But it's clear that she's annoyed that Heather it has, you know, doesn't want to talk about sex and that that's a departure from the Heather that she used to know or the Heather that she hangs out with when they're not filming. But... I think Heather, you know, if she could just say, you know, this has really impacted my girls when I talk about this, it impacts them at school. Therefore, I decided not to talk about it until they're 18 or whatever it is she should respect that, you know, whatever Heather's boundary is. I think she's a ton of fun and they don't all have to talk about sex. And it is different to talk about it when you're single versus when you're married. I I do believe that. I could see that she feels the judgment from the other women. And she shouldn't feel the judgment, but she feels it from society. And it's not her fault that society hasn't caught up with where we all should be. So that's how I feel about that. On Beverly Hills, I cannot believe that they chose Anne Marie to join the cast instead of Nia. My gosh, Crystal's friend Nia was so fun. She popped on camera, she got into the mess, she was interesting, she was funny. I'm sad that we didn't get her. (laughs) And speaking of Anne-Marie, so she's getting a lot of pushback for the things that she said to Sutton about her esophagus issue. I think we're all learning more about this issue. What I found most interesting was when Sutton mentioned her brother had the issue too. I was like, oh, well, this is probably genetic then that they are born with smaller esophaguses or, you know, whatever. And, um... You know i don't know it's just it was sad to watch Anne Marie kind of go so hard. I feel like she was trying to impress Kyle, and then Dr. Nicole and Dr. Tiffany Moon kind of agreed that it she said some things that were probably inaccurate, but most importantly, Dr. Nicole pointed out that it 's medical professional 's job to help patients through the medical process not belittle them, belittle their diagnosis, or belittle their symptoms. And um, she said it, you know, really beautifully, like Dr. Nicole always does. And let me tell you, if I was having surgery and it was Dr. Nicole that was doing my anesthesia, I would trust her so much. Same with Dr. Moon. They just exemplify, I believe, medical professionalism whenever they talk about medicine. So I love the fact that there is an actual working, um, you know, medical professional doctor on Housewives of Miami. I just – I love it. And I love when there are women who have these, like, you know, professions where it's – they're not entrepreneurs they actually have to show up you know at a 9 to 5 or at like you know 12 hour shifts and they have bosses that they you know it it's interesting i feel like it's something we don't get to see often on housewives most of them have their own companies or kind of are their own bosses so it's fascinating to learn about what it's like to work in a hospital system and when i met dr nicole at bravocon i actually asked her so many questions like How did your hospital allow you to film the show? Like, does your schedule change during filming? All of that kind of stuff. And her answers were so interesting to me. Um, Speaking of medicine (laughs) and people being in hot water, Dr. Jackie seems to have gotten in a bit of hot water over a clip of a video from a few years ago that resurfaced where she um Kind of insinuates that black women sometimes cry wolf. Uh, about pain during pregnancy to be able to get out of work. And so they go and they get like a doctor's note to get out of work. And then when they actually have pain that could be caused by something really, really serious, that they're not taken seriously by their doctors. That was, I think, the essence of what she was trying to say. And because, um, you know, I you guys all know I'm not yet caught up on Married to Medicine, but I am, I am getting through the seasons and I love it. But it sounds like there was an opportunity where Dr. Jackie spoke with the vice president, Kamala Harris, about black maternal mortality rates and the importance of, you know, trying to reduce the um, the differences between how many black women die um, from childbirth versus their counterparts. And what Jackie said in that clip seemed to you know, kind of do the exact opposite of, you know, not believing women, not listening to them. And so then she seemed to sort of double down on the fact that the clip was taken out of context in her not really apology, I guess. It was more of a just like, I really care about black maternal mortality and this is something that I've always done and this was taken out of context and this is what I believe. It didn't really say she was sorry or wrong, which definitely reminds me of the season when she Said that Buffy um, was infertile in front of a ton of people at an event, and that was not something that she should have shared. And she really had difficulty apologizing. And so I think that's one of Jackie's, you know, Dr. Jackie's negative qualities is that she's not great at owning when she does make mistakes, because I think sometimes she thinks of herself as just not able to make mistakes. At the same time, what she's doing on this show and what she's doing to raise awareness about the issues with black maternal mortality rates in the United States is really commendable. So, You know, I know people have said, oh, she doesn't take insurance and she doesn't take Medicaid. Well, a lot of doctors, especially doctors that cater to celebrity clients, don't take insurance. It's an absolute bitch to take insurance. (laughs) And you have to have all these staff that are constantly working with insurance companies and it's an absolute disaster. And if you can get away with having a practice where you don't take insurance, a lot of doctors choose to do that. And that's not abnormal in the medical field. And then as far as Medicaid goes, there's something I actually know about, which is that Medicaid repayment rates. So let's say you're on Medicaid and you go see a doctor and you get a vaccine. The reimbursement rate that Medicaid has is so high goddamn low that it makes it difficult for people in private practice to have more than a certain percentage of their patients be on Medicaid because they don't get reimbursed for what it costs to provide a service, whether that service be a vaccine or a scan or a blood draw. The reimbursement rates are far below what they should be. And the reason that a lot of doctors take Medicare, but not Medicaid, is because Medicare reimbursement rates are three to four times that of Medicaid rates. And a lot of people on Medicaid are children and they don't vote. And that's part of why Medicaid rates are so low. Um, Old people who are on Medicare. They vote and they get really pissed off if there are issues with their Medicare coverage. And so as a result, Medicare reimbursement rates are better. But we don't need to go down a uh, rabbit hole of health policy, just nonsense. But um, that's all to say that, unfortunately, it is very difficult for many private practices to take patients on Medicaid. And it is unfortunately not unusual for practices not to take Medicaid. And that sucks. That absolutely sucks. And one thing that could really help improve Black maternal mortality in this country is if Medicaid was expanded and if the reimbursement rates were better, because then more doctors would take Medicaid patients. Okay, (laughs) if anyone wants to talk about Medicaid, I can talk about this shit all day. And uh, I love when there is an overlap between Bravo and something that I'm interested in. But, you know, all that to say, Dr. Jackie probably should apologize, even if the, you know, clip was taken out of context. It's an offensive thing to say that black women cry wolf when it comes to pregnancy pain. And she should be able to own, um, you know, how that made many people feel and apologize for it. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, I am so excited to get into my conversation with this week's guest, Dakota Wright. I met him at BravoCon, where he took a panel that I watched by storm. We chat about that. We kind of jump all over the place. We even get into some hot takes on The Real Housewives of Atlanta and a number of other things. Um, Also, I know I didn't talk about Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. That is because I am behind. I've seen the first episode. I enjoyed it. It's not my favorite. I don't know why. I think sometimes watching them makes me sad because I think they're mean to each other. And I don't know. I just don't think they're having as much fun as I want them to on a trip. I don't know if that makes sense, but Dorinda's so mean to Kristen Takeman, and it's just so unnecessary. And they're all just bitter over their show being canceled but it's like their fault it was canceled i don't know i don't know i'm not enjoying it that much but when i am back next year i am definitely going to be chatting ultimate girls trip so don't you worry all right we're going to take a quick break and then back with dakota wright this episode is brought to you by snapple Hi, everyone. I am here with a guest that I have been so excited to have for the last six weeks. Um, His name is Dakota Wright. I met him briefly at BravoCon and found him so charming and amazing. And it turns out I witnessed his engagement live on Watch What Happens Live in 2018. Um, Dakota, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fabulous. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm just so excited we got to connect.
1: I know. I, listen, I'm one of those people I can talk about Bravo all day, every day. So
0: Same. I really enjoy it. When I like connect with someone and they're really into it, it's actually a yeah. co-worker of mine who doesn't pay attention to anything was having questions for me about Paris Hilton and the trauma inflicted on her by Kathy and wanted to know what I thought about Kathy Hilton. And I was like, girl, we have to get coffee. This is not... It's not a quick one. Yeah, this isn't a quick one. (laughs) But let's talk about the panel that you were on at BravoCon. You were paired with Garcelle. It was a panel where there were four Bravo fans, each paired with a different housewife. And obviously, Garcelle was the best one to be paired with. So um, you really lucked out on that. But you killed it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um. So the panel right before that one, one of, I guess, like the stage producers come up to me and they had recognized me from Instagram and TikTok and they were like, hey, we really need somebody for this panel. Somebody dropped out. Do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. I don't really like, what am I doing? And they were like, okay, you're not moderating, but you're going to be on stage. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it, whatever. And it just happened that quick. It was like a whirlwind. I didn't even know I was going to be paired with Garcelle until like five minutes before <laughs> It started, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it was like a game show where you guys had to come up with the answers to questions about different Bravo quotes. Mm-hmm. And then you had to deliver, um like, not a monologue, but you each were given a script of a, I can't remember, what was your scene that you and Garcelle did?
1: The iconic Who Gonna Take Me movie Oh, my season. God.
0: It was so good. Yeah. It was, like, people give you, like, a standing <laughs> ovation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I'm I'm sad they left, like, the best part out of it whenever the party planner stands up and he's like, yo, mama. Yeah, I and know. <laughs> Charade, that, like, sets her over the edge. Because, like, that's one of my favorite things. And I love, I don't know, do you watch Married to Medicine?
0: Yes, but I am only toward the ends of season eight. So I am oh, spending girl, you this gotta winter catch up. catching up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, one of my favorite things about Dr. Heavenly is how, like, if she just runs out of something to say, she's just going to be like, yo, mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so childish and it it irritates people and i'm here for it so well, she
0: really who did she really upset by saying your mama like everyone knows it's a joke but like someone took it very seriously i think I it was to mariah oh yeah yeah I, i've i never i know everyone loves mariah but i
1: love mariah yeah i
0: just found her annoying like she couldn't i don't know
1: it, yeah, there there are some characters on there on, on all the shows that like you know I like, and then some of the things they do like their quirks we'll call them are annoying. So yeah.
0: I yeah. liked her husband. So he yeah he he's yeah from very and I used to live in Bangladesh. So I okay. found like that whole thing like they called she called them Blackadeshis, like to be so funny and amazing. I just didn't like it, that she was always a sour puss when she was filming with them because she was always pissed. And I was like, just go along with it, you know?
1: Yeah, she... Um, It kind of gave, like, towards the end, it kind of gave, like, all of her scenes were just full of negativity. Yeah. She was, like, alone, you know? And then it was, like, positive family, you know? But it's good to see, like, the women interacting together. But we don't always want to see them being negative, you know? And I don't yeah. think that's anything to do with her. I think it's just how the dynamic... Changed over time.
0: It was sort of like the end of when Vicky was on OC and the end of when Nene was on Atlanta. Like it just, it's like ugh,
1: yeah. just either
0: get into it or leave, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, hot take here. So Vicki needs to stay off of Orange County. Oh forever.
0: interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's that needed.
0: I don't know if she's needed. But I always laugh when she actually tries to sell people insurance. Like that's my favorite. Oh, I know, I know.
1: <laughs> She's a real businesswoman, you know. Like we're here for it.
0: How do you feel about Gina and Emily?
1: Listen. So there are two shows with this is going to be a long winded episode or um, answer. So there are two shows that I struggle to get through a single episode and have since the very beginning, and that's New York and Orange County. And since Gina and Emily got on Orange County, I literally cannot watch it. Like, I have it on as, like, background noise. Just because I don't find them interesting. You know, like, I miss the days of, like, Alexis, Heather, Tamra, you know, that crew. I don't know.
0: I think that's fair. I, I, Orange County's probably my least favorite of the cities. Just overall, it's, like, not as interesting, to me how do you feel
1: about the uh we're gonna go off on so many tangents so if you have a structure (laughs) i'm literally the worst podcast guest you could ever have (laughs) it's
0: amazing i don't usually have a lot of (laughs) outlines
1: how do you feel about this whole like alexis shannon john jansen thing
0: i think it's shitty i think alexis is smarter than that and she, you know i feel like she's doing it to get attention why else would you date a man that like (laughs) Is clearly not a good boyfriend and oh, yeah. is so much older than you. I don't think he has that much money. It's not like she's being a kept woman, dating him. And then to kiss him in front of cameras, knowing it'll get picked up. It, she's she's doing something there. Now, do I want her back on my screen? Of course.
1: Absolutely. I want to
0: watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it 100%. <laughs> but yeah, she's totally in the wrong and being shady.
1: Yeah, but I'm team Shannon. Like, I've always loved Shannon. Me too. You know, Jackson, my husband, tells me that I'm a mixture of three housewives. Shannon, Teresa, and Nene. (laughs) And he's like, he, you know, I really do identify with Shannon. Because, like, when she goes off the rails and, like, people push her buttons, like, that's how I get. You know, like, I start talking with my hands. I get loud. You know, that's just me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, I did this um, exercise with my therapist this year where she wanted me to name my anxiety as if it was like a person inside me that mm-hmm. I could then tell to like take a back seat, you know, and I named it Shannon Storms Bador. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she is a ball of anxiety. Like she is always wound up and it takes like the littlest thing to like wind her overboard.
0: And it is relatable because
1: if yeah, it's so let, relatable. If I
0: let my anxiety completely take over, I'd behave that way. I just work yeah. really hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe she could yeah, maybe she could use some of that therapy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, also you mentioned that you run in similar social circles with the cast of Southern Hospitality. So you're based yeah. in North Carolina and they're in South Carolina. But do you ha- do you go to Charleston a lot? Do you hang out at Republic?
1: Yeah. So, um, Charlotte and Charleston are like three hours apart. And so the beach that I go to every summer is in Charleston. So, um, I actually met Joe and Mia prior to them ever filming a TV show, Okay. um, at Republic. And so they were really sweet. We became friends like really quickly. And then a couple weeks later they were like, Hey, like we've got a show. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's so cool. And then I went and filmed at, um, well, I didn't, I didn't film. I went and while they were filming, sorry, um, for their pride event in season one and got to see it all and it was like it was pretty cool to watch, you know.
0: How do you feel about Leva playing sort of the Lisa Vanderpump character?
1: I mean, when I met her, she was very nice. I have nothing bad to say about her. Um, but I just don't think she's like it's it's weird how I don't think she's trying to be like Lisa Vanderpump, but people keep comparing her to Lisa Vanderpump as if like Lisa is the only person that can have a show about a bar
0: fair that is a very fair criticism yeah it's just I mean like the sort of the boss that's also trying to provide some life advice <laughs> I feel like she actually probably has more of a relationship with the people that work at Republic than Lisa ever did with the cast of Vanderpump rules
1: yeah yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just like one of those things where like people compare like Floribama Shore, and Jersey Shore to each other. You know, it's like such like a niche, I guess, TV concept that that's why they compare Leva and Lisa. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't think she's trying to be her. I like the different dynamics because I feel like everybody on Vanderpump Rules started out kind of older. You know, like they were yeah. all in their, like, 30s or mid-30s, I think. No, they were Whereas, in
0: their 20s. Oh, they were? It was it was Jax that was a bit older. But like, most of them. He's too old to be and, acting the way he does. And some of them were in their late 20s, but, Okay. Yeah. So now well, they're all in their, like, late 30s. But, yeah. Yeah, except for. Well, I'm
1: not age shaming at all. I mean, I'm 31, <laughs> and, like, you know, I, I hang out with people of all ages. All ages. So, you know, yeah, it just depends. I don't know. I just I feel like it's two different shows and like it two is. different dynamics. Yeah, It's mean, like it L. A. and Charleston are so different.
0: Very. I love Charleston. I went for the first time this past year, and oh really? Yeah, I saw Republic walk past it. Uh, went to Craig's sewing store. You know, okay. it's such a cute, such a cute neighborhood in Charleston. I was most excited to see Miss Patricia's house.
1: Yeah, she so um I actually got to go to her house.
0: What? A
1: few weeks ago <gasps> with Frank. Of- um I know. Do you know um Frank Costa, the producer at Watch What Happens Yeah, 5? I mean,
0: I know him. He has no idea who I am.
1: Okay. He's on socials. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of my best friends and um he has a friend who knows Patricia and like they worked out some kind of like some kind of like meeting and we I guess we were only supposed to go over there for like 30 minutes, say hey, you know whatever, but we ended up staying for 3 hours.
0: I bet she loved you guys.
1: Oh, we loved her. Like, she's great.
0: She is such an icon just to be living. I think she's 79 or 80. To be living and looking that way and enjoying her life the way she has with all the tragedy that, you know, she has gone through and all Mm -hmm. the marriages and everything. And she's just easy breezy. She broke her back and she's still like kicking.
1: I know. Yeah, she was telling us about that story. But yeah, she looks just like she does on camera, in person. I mean, there's not a whole lot of editing going on. She's gorgeous.
0: I love her. And I think the house is so interesting. It's one I would love to be at, but I would never want to own a home like that.
1: Oh, my God. No, it'd be so expensive.
0: So expensive. And it's not my style. Like, that kind of decor is just not me. But I love the people that love it. You
1: know? Yeah, n- yeah. Like I would definitely have a house that big and like
0: that big, you know, just something that like that. With like, yeah, having to upkeep all the special wallpaper and the Mm-mm. you know, I don't know. There's like paintings on the walls itself in the dining room and yeah,
1: yeah. I know her electric bill and heating bill have to be out the wazoo, <laughs> like so expensive. <laughs> yeah, because you know it's just an older house.
0: Yeah, it's from like the 1700s. It's uh, yeah, it has its own Wikipedia page.
1: I know. yeah, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cuz I used to always like, you know, I would watch Southern Charm, but I never like like sat and watched it to like really follow the storylines and I knew that somebody that was on the show lived in that house when I would like see it, you know, when I was down in Charleston and so it was kind of nice to like make the connection, you know. And then I promised Patricia I would go back and rewatch everything and like sit and focus and pay attention. And I did. It's It's a
0: little bit dark. When I started watching it, I was like, ooh, there are some things that are not going to age well that I think currently aren't aging well, and I can't believe they made it to air. And they went through and they got rid of some of those things, but also just the judgment people had of Catherine Dennis when she was so, so young, getting impregnated by like a 50-year-old convicted felon. (laughs) (laughs) Like, <laughs> come
1: on. Well, you know, I hate to say this, but like, it is so common in the South for like older men to date and marry and make families with like such huge age gaps like that.
0: I like, just, it is so age common. Gaps. I'm totally one of those people that does that. Yeah. And it's, you know what, if make people are happy, they're happy. I think it's different once you're over a certain age, and age gap. Like if you're 50 and you're dating an 80-year-old, I feel like it's different when you're 20 and dating a 50-year-old.
1: Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? And yeah. I am side-eye Mauricio Umansky. Oh, my God. He's out with all
1: these influencers.
0: What the hell's wrong with him?
1: But did you know, okay, listen, we don't know if, we don't know Kyle's relationship status other than she's friends with uh, Morgan, right? Right. There's a lot of speculation. It's not cool to speculate on people's sexuality, but I'm going to speculate on it here.
0: <laughs> I on. did not
1: know that Morgan was as young as she is.
0: That has been my issue with it the entire time. It is I thought she do... was Kyle's age. No, She's younger than at least one of Kyle's daughters, if not two. And yeah. I-, I would be super weirded out. I mean, my mom has passed, but if my mom was hanging out with people that were my age and like becoming best friends with them and traveling with them like that would be really odd especially if your mom has had friends for 30 years like why aren't you hanging out with those friends you know yeah
1: and i mean i'm not judging like if that's what she wants to do like i'm here for it i like kyle and you know I i don't know i've always felt like her and Mauricio and Kim and Croy were going to be, like, the two Bravo couples that we would, like, see make it to the end. And they both just, like, unraveled at the same time.
0: Wow. You're so, right.
1: So I'm, like, trying to cope with that as a viewer. Because, <laughs> like, you know, Kim and Croy, like, I used to crack up at the relationship, and then now all that body cam footage comes out of him, like, screaming and her crying.
0: And, yeah. you know, like, you know what? it's... I think that relationship would have lasted if there was endless cash. If there was money, it would work. But without money, it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Now, yeah, I follow this girl. I'll have to give you her username because I can't think of it off the top of my head. But I follow this girl on TikTok who, like, every video she posts is about, like, Kim's situation And at first I was like, holy cow, like, how does she have the time to figure all this stuff out? But now I'm glad that I follow her and she's doing it because now I'm like up to date, you know? And she does like everything, like the legal documents, the body cam footage. Apparently Kim's trying to sell like fake bags on her story. (laughs) And then she like gets all the tea. And I'm like, I love when she pops up and I'm like, I I wish I could remember her name so everybody could go follow her. Because, I mean, they would get all the updates.
0: It's really sad. I kind of tried not to follow that one. The Mauricio and Kyle thing just makes me sad because I did feel like there was such a love there. And I feel like Mm -hmm. he messed it up when he wasn't there for her when her Mm -hmm. friend died of suicide. And it's going to be a longer grief period. Not that grief ever ends, but it's going to be a different kind of grief um, than, you know, it's just different like than when someone dies of an illness it's yeah it's so painful and it impacts you in a way that um it's really hard to recover from and so to hear that she wasn't emotionally fulfilled by him makes me sad really sad he does.
1: all jokes aside i mean allison dubois yeah i don't know i've seen a psychic and she was pretty she was pretty right so i believe psychics
0: I'm open to everything. I've seen a museum. I'm my, my my stepmom um, used to live with her best friend uh, when her best friend had uh, ovarian cancer and was, um, you know, unfortunately dying. And the the house that my dad and stepmom have up in Minnesota has a lot of my stepmom's friends, like books and things. And she actually wrote like romantic novels. They're like erotic Uh novels i would have loved to meet her <laughs> but she has all of allison dubois books and i haven't like gone through and read them but i think next time i'm back in minnesota i'm gonna do that
1: yeah <laughs> yeah well i feel like from that era of beverly hills the two most quotable things are um her with her cigarette and she says um well, three most quotable. She says he'll never emotionally fulfill you. Camille says, um, what was it? She said the morally corrupt Faye Resnick. Yeah, and then Dana. And she was like, 25,000. Know? <laughs> Honey, I, That w- they were airing that season reruns on cable the other day. And I was like, I forgot how iconic she was. I hate that she didn't come
0: back. Dana. Or Pam, yeah. or whatever her name. Dana was. Pam, yeah. <laughs> um, didn't she get in trouble for fraud or something oh. like insurance fraud?
1: I wouldn't be shocked. That's all these Bravo
0: Libs. And then she then likes to comment on other Bravo liberties, sort of fraud type scandals, like Erica and stuff. And it's like, girl, yeah. you're not exactly. <laughs> you don't have. You can't clean be doing hands that. <laughs> Well, let's talk about Beverly Hills this week. Yeah,
1: yeah. I want to go back um, to the panel. Um, I've oh, always yes. loved Marcel and you know, I've always admired her even before she was a housewife. And like getting to meet her when I like I was completely sober, I felt like I was just on cloud nine when I was up there on that panel because I'm like, oh my god! Like, and me and her were hitting it off. You know, like we just kept chatting. And Dave Quinn, who was the moderator, he was like are you guys y'all are being fast friends over there you know <laughs> politely telling us to shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> but like a lot of the Getty images that uh people were sending me from the event like you can just tell like the way we're looking at each other like she's fabulous and like we follow each other now and she's just great
0: I'm obsessed with her I just find her to be such an inspiration just mm-hmm. for all women how she conducts herself how she you know, manages herself in business and in work and how she knows her worth and she stands up for her worth and that she's a good housewife.
1: Oh, great. You know,
0: because what we've seen – It took her a while. Yeah, it took her a minute. But what we've seen with actual famous people trying to become housewives – is it doesn't usually work, especially like Denise Richards, who it seemed oh, the God. first season, like she would be so good because she was sharing out these stories about Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And then she watched herself back and became too self-conscious about how she was yep. behaving. And, you know, I love that Garcelle came in like slower, but mm-hmm. man, is she like a slow, strong burn.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm here for it. And to your point about Denise, like, a lot of Housewives, even, like, non-famous ones come in, and then their second season, they, I guess, try to, like, self-produce because they see how they were portrayed or whatever. And, you know, they love to blame editing, but I always say they can't make you look some way if you didn't say or do something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, they could, like, throw some clips together, but if you didn't say or do it, there would be nothing to throw together.
0: And... It's wild that I wonder how Denise Richards feels now watching the episode back. So it sounds as if she was sick, which number one, haven't we learned since COVID? If you're sick, stay home. Like, mm-hmm. I know there was filming, but just don't f and show up. If you have a fever, if you had to take fever reducing medicine, if you had to take cold medicine, like, God damn it, just stay the F home. And so she was taking cold medicine and then she had a drink. And that was the combination. And I believe her like that stuff can. Act yeah. Up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, recipe for disaster. Yeah.
0: And she was a mess. And then she's like making it seem as if she was totally normal and she wasn't. She was absolutely a mess. And, you know, I know she was wronged by those ladies, but if she cannot articulate and form arguments, then she does not belong on this show.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, her whole thing what was it she said like bravo 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 to try Something to get bravo. people yeah. yeah to stop recording I'm like you can't be like that like you can do you know like what Nina used to do and she just be like okay I need a minute and she would just stop you know collect herself or go out of the room or whatever and come back like that's totally fine but you can't just be like all right I'm done filming I don't want to talk about this
0: yeah, you, know? you can't. And then you can't, if you, you can't do that, bring up a topic such as still being upset four years later or three years later that Erica mentioned threesomes in front of your fourteen-year-old daughter and her friends. I get being upset with that. I do, mm-hmm. and I get being annoyed that Erica's like well, they probably know what it is if they haven't done it yet, like implying that her daughter would have done something like that. I get what Erica was saying. I think she was deliberately misinterpreting Erica, but then now the daughter is on OnlyFans. So, I mean, (laughs) like that, if you're going to bring up that topic and bring up your daughter in particular, then that to me is not off limits. Like,
1: yeah, you know, and like, Let's be serious. Like, you were with Charlie Sheen for so many years. Yeah. Like, what has not been said about you or reported about you that somebody could say now? You know, and I'm not trying to be shady or anything like that. I'm just like, we we know Charlie Sheen and, like, the press.
0: Yeah, and what those it can't daughters get any have any worse. exposed to, you know? It, as yeah. if, like, Erica's the one exposing them. And I, I get that it was that the daughter's friends were around and their daughter's friends' parents may not want their daughter to be friends with Denise Richards' daughters if this is what's happening. But then don't bring your... Don't have this filming around your daughter and her friends. Like, come up with a different time to have a party.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree.
0: Yeah, I felt like... And I felt like Erica did not go too low. I totally agree. You know? So... And I'm never on Erica's side. (laughs) But I'm like, hey, dude. If you're- um, it was. A,
1: it was. She gagged her. Um, she ga- <laughs> yeah. She she gagged Denise. Yeah. She gagged her. Um, I don't think it's low because she's an adult and she's not really a kid anymore. Yeah, she's her daughter, but she's an adult. And I mean, it is what it is. I would never talk about somebody's kids, but I don't think it was low.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was low. And the fact that she's now on OnlyFans, like. Denise, herself. wait, Erica's on there. No, oh. Denise's after all that, you know, trying to make herself seem more prudish than she is, and then she goes yeah. on OnlyFans. It's like, <laughs> girl, like you've lost every credibil- credibility. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. you know, and she, the thing that she should be upset about is that they tried to out her, you know, as with a Randy. lesbian. I know, yes. and see.
1: I'm, like, so sick of that happening on all these shows. Like, I'm sick of, it. it, you know, it starts with the husbands. Like, people try to speculate that somebody's husband is gay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what's it matter if they are? Like, we don't know what their arrangement is if they are. And if they're not, just what I said earlier, you're not supposed to speculate about somebody's sexuality on national TV unless, unless you're Michael Darby. I think then it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> allegedly, you know, because he um, allegedly, let me just say that because of how he's doing Candace right now. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just, I don't think it's right.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. And I feel like that's what Denise would be upset, should be upset about. But if she brings it up, then it reopens everything and it becomes fair game to discuss again.
1: Again, yeah. So, just move on.
0: Um. Speaking of discussions again, Dorit had a really rough episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I have she a did. theory
0: on why she's behaving the way she is. Okay. Um, aside from the privilege and all of those things, she, you know, and she—I don't think she grew up that privileged. You know what I mean? Like her parents were Israeli immigrants. Like I think she loved the idea of PK's money and Mm -hmm. leaned into a life of wealth. But I also believe she's really insecure about her friendship with Kyle. And she always would like go into filming as like, well, at least Kyle has my back. We're Mm -hmm. kind of two peas in a pod. And now Kyle is kind of taking a step away from Dorit. And I think it's making Dorit insecure. And then she's acting kind of nuts.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's that like tried and true thing. How many seasons has she been on now? Like her fifth or sixth one. And, you know, after a while, you got to ramp it back up because you can't get too comfortable, you know, and so I think that's why she's finding herself in these situations. I do 1000% agree with what Garcelle said to her. um, What was it Wednesday night where she was like, it's not my job to educate you because I feel the same way, you know, when people make ignorant comments about the LGBTQ plus community and then they look at me to educate them. I'm like, I don't have to do that. Like, I'm not your teacher, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I, I mean, agree. those are
1: hard conversations to have, but, like, Doreen as a white woman, needs to sit there and just listen to what Garcelle has to say, not be like, tell me what I'm doing wrong, you know? Just listen to her, self-reflect, and try to be better.
0: It's... I feel like it goes beyond that, though. She should just know not to use certain words with... And
1: then did you see her Instagram post?
0: Yeah, where she's like, I'm just living in my bubble. I'm like, Girl. that's not cute. Yeah, and I think
1: I commented on it today. I was like so tone deaf and inconsiderate. Like,
0: it's just if this was the first interaction between her and Garcelle that was, you know, cloaked in like racially insensitive comments, sure. But this is like the fifth, sixth. Like, she's had so many run ins with Garcelle. I think Garcelle's yeah. just had it.
1: Yeah. And I agree, because, like, you know, I am white, but as a gay person, I totally get where Garcelle's coming from when you're dealing with somebody who just doesn't get it, and they and you've tried, and they still just don't get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I, I get her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dorit's a little bit of a, I mean, I find her hilarious as a character on the show, but, yeah. you know, as a friend, like, if she really wants to be friends with Garcelle, you know. Also, did you hear all that stuff about how Kyle and Dorit were like the nastiest and the most rude to everyone else at BravoCon?
1: I did. Yeah. Um, honestly, there was a lot of chatter about that. So like when people who recognized me from social media would come up and say, hey, like, you know, we would talk about BravoCon and they would ask me, you know, who have I met? And I would ask them the same things. And a lot of the Beverly, Beverly Hills ladies got some flack and said that they were very rude to some of the fans.
0: More than just Kyle and Dorit?
1: Um, I would say everyone but Garcelle.
0: Wow. I I heard a
1: lot of mixed reviews, yeah.
0: Well, because we know that Olivia from Southern Charm said that Crystal wasn't friendly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know it's, you know, but, you can catch people at bad moments.
1: Oh, of course. I'm so. sure there have been times like I've interacted with people and I'm like, fuck, I was just so rude, you know? Yeah. Because like, like I was in the middle of something or my mind was somewhere. Totally. But I mean, but, if multiple people are saying it. But
0: especially if it's multiple bravo liberties. Like if they're being rude to the other people on the network. You know, Kyle's like, I don't watch TV. Well, bitch, you should go through and memorize what people look like from these shows so that when you go to do your job at BravoCon, you know how to interact. And you know who people are. You don't need to watch every show. I don't expect everyone to be a Heather Gay, who's like an actual Bravo fan. You know, that's fine. You don't have to watch everything. Actually, that might make you more authentic and more... I agree.
1: I think it, yeah.
0: You know, but... At the same time, it's your job to know who's on what cast, what the different shows are, you know. Mm. Don't be rude. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like it's speaking of that. Um, are you caught up on Ultimate Girls Trip?
0: I'm not caught up. I've only seen the first episode.
1: Okay. So I won't spoil it for you, but can I can I
0: You can spoil it. it. it I'm still gonna this. watch okay. it.
1: <laughs> so I believe it was Ramona and it was Ramona and um somebody else. I cannot remember were giving Kristen crap about watching New York when she wasn't on.
0: Oh, that was like the first episode.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, what's the big deal here? Dorinda, yeah. I'm like, what's the big deal here? Like, who cares if she watches it? Like, I think, they, like you just said, they should all be supporting each other. I think at this point, it would be almost unbelievable if somebody says that they never watched Bravo and then they end up on Bravo.
0: Yeah, no, you know? I agree because you would want to, even if you didn't know what it was, go back and
1: know what you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know. And I think Kristen was just like catching up because she's like, oh, if I'm filming with these girls, what are the episodes I haven't seen?
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah, no, you're not spoiling anything for me. Dorinda's such a mess. I like, I love
1: her though. I love
0: her when she's nice, but her like she's her mean streak is like really mean. <laughs> Like, really, really mean.
1: It is. And I think that's just, you know, I understand. Because, like, I'm a zero to 100 person myself. (laughs) So, I I just get it. And you can't really, like, break it down for people. But, yeah, she can. When she's mean, she's mean. She's not just lightly mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, um, speaking of... (laughs) (laughs) Zero to 100. Um, I feel like Monica on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is someone who really just does go from like totally seemingly stable and having like kind of a normal range of emotions. I don't like to use the term normal, but you know what I mean? To then all of a sudden having these like very oversized reactions to things. And I'm not talking about when her family, you know, didn't see her. (laughs) <laughs> Do you believe that Monica sent herself those DMs?
1: Oh, 1,000%. Okay. Yeah. And I kind of thought that... Um, I think when Meredith and Monica were meeting and they were, like, walking down the street, it was, like, a black and white cut scene. mm mm-hmm. um, And they were discussing it, I think. I might be wrong. But it just, in my head, I was like, it would only make sense for Monica to DM herself and then DM Meredith. So Meredith would ask Monica... Mm -hmm. You know, because they were they were just talking about it. Yeah, like that would only make sense. I don't know, but I'm able to put pieces together. I don't think at the time Meredith was able to put it together. But I think in the most recent episode, like she's starting to figure it
0: out. And that's why she was quiet because she was like trying to figure out. And so that scene she's trying to set her from up. the finale that ended up in the first two minutes of the first episode which mm-hmm. is like may 2023 20, in bermuda when heather is like so upset and she's trying to get the cameras away from her did she get a call from someone saying oh we figured out we traced the account to monica is that what you think it is
1: no um i'm not gonna say how I know, so I'm oh. friendly with some of the Salt Lake City ladies. Okay. Um, but I I know that that phone call is about Monica suing Heather.
0: So that's what I thought it was about, but then people are yes. like, "No, that's not it. That's not it."
1: It could be two phone calls. I mean, we don't know, you know, just because of what we've seen edited together. But um, I do know that she did get a phone call about that. And something about Monica using another last name. She
0: used a bunch of and, aliases to go yeah, to and media that in that and itself,
1: in. yeah, so I would shady. never, I would never go on a TV show or even go into a friend group with yeah. someone that I was suing and not like letting them know that I'm suing them. You know, I don't know. I just feel like that's really shitty and fake of Monica.
0: Yeah, and oh, I really and he, liked
1: her in the beginning. Like I loved Monica in the beginning. She's so relatable. You know, but now, like, all this is coming out. I'm like, girl. And I don't think she was just thirsty to be on TV. I think she's just a fucking mess.
0: Yeah, I think she is a mess. But it's a mess yeah. that I enjoy watching. Yeah. It's just, uh, like, she's someone who seems to really, really struggle with, like, some basic stuff in life. Like, just how to yeah. behave with other people. And I think she's always scheming. And, Yeah.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. man that's yeah crazy. side side note about um salt lake city um angie k love owns angie k. a restaurant called crown burger in salt lake city and so whenever i go there i'm gonna meet up with her and set it up and we're and i'm gonna try my best to get her in a food video of mine
0: oh my god i would love that i think angie yeah. k is one of the nicest people that oh my I god i've loved her yeah she i like 100 <laughs> flipped on her i thought she was being too thirsty and i i I stand by the fact that I thought she was too thirsty to get on the show and be in the show. But as soon as she stopped trying to, like, make a scene and be on the show and was just herself, she's great. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, and it really makes me wonder how, like, some of those contracts are set up, you know, because, like, some of the women know, like, going into it, that they're just going to be a friend that whole season. There's no chance of, like, promotion. There's no chance of nothing, you know? And I think they act different than some of the ladies who start filming halfway through and they're like, okay, well, if you do really good, we'll we'll upgrade you to, up, you know, full-time status. And then I think they really put on a show, rightfully so, so they can secure, you know, a full-time spot. But I like it better when, like Sutton, you know, like her mm-hmm. first two seasons, what was she, a friend, I she think. She filmed and, as a friend. Yeah, and I liked it. You could tell she was just being herself and then... I think once her divorce and legal stuff settled, that's when she was able to be promoted. I don't know. But I just, I like that transition the best.
0: Me too. And I think... And a
1: Marlowe transition, yeah.
0: Well, I I will not stand by Marlowe. Oh my God, I
1: love Marlowe. No, I think she did well as a
0: friend. And I think she failed as a housewife.
1: Well... Can I, can I, um, another hot take? Well, maybe it's not so hot.
0: We we don't have to agree.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta (laughs) fails as a show. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah.
1: So when I first started watching Bravo, it was 2011. You know, I knew what everything was. The very first show I watched was Atlanta. The very, I think they were airing season three at that time. And I went back and loved it so much. I watched season one, two, and caught up on three, and then I got hooked on New Jersey. I didn't start watching Orange County and like all these other ones until much, much later. And
0: okay,
1: yeah, I'm I'm basically what I'm saying is is Atlanta put it on the map. I don't care what Vicky says. I know Orange County <laughs> came out first, and without OC, there would be no other cities. I get that, but I feel like mainstream TV like I got to watch Housewives it was Atlanta and that show is a fucking flop now it's terrible
0: It's bad I what I think yeah. the difference between OC's like I think OC put Housewives on the map but I think Atlanta made it the genre that was comedy because I watch these shows yeah. as a comedy. I know there's drama, but there's yeah. so many funny moments. So like, many. So many little funny moments sprinkled throughout that no one's trying to be make a joke, no one's trying to make you laugh and they're just funny. And Atlanta made that part of yeah. Housewives. Like they excelled at it. What I I've said this before, but I think that the issue I have with Marlo is that she goes so far below the belt that people don't want to engage with her. And if she just didn't do that, if she would just spar with people in a way that was, you know, not fair. Yeah. Fair. Then she would be great. But going after Kenya and like how her child came to be in this world is. Yeah. That's so.
1: It's not necessary.
0: No, it's totally not necessary to make any of the points that she's trying to make to Kenya. None of that. Yeah,
1: and yeah. also not to backpedal to the panel. Um, Kenya, no. I've always liked Kenya, but I've always just liked her. And then when I met her at the panel, I got to chat with her a little bit backstage, fell in love with her. And like, I could just tell, you know, I'm a good judge of character. And yeah. speaking of psychics, <laughs> the psychic that I met told me that I was in I was so intuitive that I should always trust my gut and that I'm a good character to read and I just loved Kenya. She was amazing, so I love and I kept Kenya. telling her I was like, girl, I hope you stay like I don't know what's going on Like, because, you know the blogs talk, but like I think what they should do is just reboot that show oh. around Kenya candy. They need to bring Nini back
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then figure the rest out, yeah. I hate the situation that Kim Zolciak is going through right now. But I mean, honey, she would have her bills paid if that was on television. Like...
0: I don't know if it would be enough to get those bills paid.
1: but Yeah, why I, yeah it might make if a she, dent. It might make a <laughs> dent. <laughs> but I just think like, you know, and it's... I don't know. Like, I was so team... Like, Kim has done some fucked up stuff. And I was so team Croy in the beginning. And then I saw that video of him screaming at the police officer and I know somebody with a CTE and I'm, you know, not speculating anything. And I'm just like, there's got to be more to the story that we're not getting, you know? And I yeah. think people are just so caught up in hating Kim that they're, they don't think that he's doing anything wrong. And no, we don't know.
0: I bet he... Well, I think Kim has come forward, I could be wrong, allegedly, and said that she believes he has some sort of long-term brain yeah, injury. Yeah,
1: I, I did read that. I did read that.
0: So yeah. that would make sense. You know, I think at the the fact that maybe his symptoms are appearing at the same time as they've run out of money is just a really unfortunate coincidence, but it also, yeah. maybe he was having more difficulty managing the money like with what was going on with his well
1: i mean let's be honest we've seen how kim spends money so i doubt the money trouble is from croy
0: oh no it's 100 percent. but i feel like he could have um i don't know i like couldn't he cut her off
1: i feel like it would be so easy to just split it up but again we're not hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in debt so i don't know i don't know I want to watch it on TV. Maybe they need to put her on so I can figure it out.
0: Well, speaking of people who have really expensive bills, I need to dive into Miami briefly. Okay. What do you think about Lisa basically going from Lenny paying for everything to now her new boyfriend, Jody, paying for everything?
1: See, I get so cringed out when people are married or with somebody for such a long time and then they immediately start dating someone else because that says to me that you were mentally not in love with that person for a long time already. I may be wrong. I'm just looking at it, you know, from my shoes. I think it's kind of weird because she clearly makes money from social media and like, you know, the show and stuff. So I don't know why she can't afford her own stuff. And you would think she would want to based on how Lenny is treating her right now. You you think she would want that extra, like me power, you know, and not it be tied to someone else.
0: I think she thinks she's doing things on her own, even though she's not. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think in her own mind, she's like, look at, I'm doing this without Lenny. But then you've got Jody right there. He's paying the other half of your condo Yeah, like, what the fuck bill. is that?
1: Yeah. What is that? Like,
0: and, what kind of example and I'm judging. Are you like, setting? I'm judging. I am judging. What kind of example yeah. are you setting for your daughter? You know, I believe everyone should have their own income stream. And I understand when women decide to stay home because they have kids. But then you and the partner that you're with have to discuss that that is work too, right? And that that work that you do being at home is going to be considered like valid, even if you split up later on. But the fact um, that he had such an ironclad prenup with her, that... You know, he made just a lot hate, more money after he was yeah. with her. Also,
1: yeah, I don't know. There's their divorce is still not final yet, right?
0: No, and
1: because I think the last uh, thing I read was is the prenups like null and void because he cheated or something.
0: Who knows?
1: Yeah, but I would just basically, I like Lisa. I would just hate to yeah. see her end up in the same situation again and not learn anything. You know. Yeah.
0: I just think she's almost incapable of doing things on her own. I, 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 I think she is capable. I think she views herself almost as not being able yeah. to because she hasn't really been on her own since she was in her early twenties. And Mm-mm-mm. I guess if, you're tw- if you don't learn in your twenties how to be financially independent, then maybe you're. I don't know. But people learn. There's so many women that go through oh, the yeah. courses and end up with nothing and have to start from scratch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just maybe she feels like she don't have to. I mean, yeah. Which I mean, she's a beautiful woman. I'm sure she's fun to hang out with. Yeah. And if she wants, if she wants that, then she wants it. But then don't complain whenever, you know, you have Lenny like taking your car, or not giving you grocery money, you know, or whatever. Yeah, like you did that to yourself.
0: <sighs> it's just depressing. It's depressing. Yeah. I'm glad that all it the is. women are aligned, aside from Adriana, on like what Lisa should be doing. And hopefully, I think that means that they're really good friends to her, that they really care about her and they want her to have a sense of independence. And But the problem is she's addicted to the lifestyle. She won't give up those oh, yeah. cars she won't give up that like why do you have to live in a condo that's thirty thousand dollars a month that is so unnecessary
1: yeah you don't i mean i don't you just i don't get it like a lot of these housewives will start out season one like monica and then by the time they take it to like season two three and four they end up like lisa vanderpump they really don't have money in the bank, but, like, they're addicted to the lifestyle to, like, show mm-hmm. that they do, you know? And I'm like, you're only setting yourself up for failure. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm speaking from a, a place of privilege because the only debt we have is our house. Like, that's it. Yeah. And I just, I mean, if the if, if I got added to, like, Southern Charm or there was, like, another show or something like that, the last thing I would do is take my paycheck and go out and buy $200,000 car or something stupid, you know, I would be in the same house driving the same car. I don't yeah, know.
0: Yeah, It's a, how to manage money is like such an important skill. And it's something that we should like, especially teach girls, you know, so they don't yeah. have to be reliant on men because that was like the whole history of women in this country. Yeah. You know, we weren't allowed to have our own credit cards. We weren't allowed to get our own mortgages and now we can and so, yeah. you know, have your own income stream, have a separate bank account if you need to, you know, yeah, do what you got to do. I mean,
1: there's nothing wrong with like a guy or a girl taking care of their partner, but it's totally. just like, you always have to be, and I hate to be like negative, but you always have to be paired. Like what happens if like your spouse dies and like yeah. they don't have the proper life insurance set up or, you know, like you just have to think about those things. Always. Yeah. Um,
0: I hate to change the subject to something even more negative, but uh, <laughs> this season of The Real Housewives of Potomac, in my opinion, has been a real doozy.
1: It's rough. Um, yeah, it's rough. They need cast changes. I think they've stayed with the same cast too long and they've introduced like one or two people. Candace was a great addition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think after that, it's just not been. Do you think good.
0: that. At, well, for me, I think the cast would actually be totally fine if they were able to mm-hmm. move past things, but they're not. And you, you, in order to like be on this show, you have to you have to be able to move on and cast. forgive. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't just keep always going back. You know, even though Erica, I feel like, really was pissed at Sutton and them for you know questioning her involvement with Tom Girardi's legal issues. Like, Mm -hmm. she's able to, like, enjoy spending time with them and move forward. And, you know, that's what you have to do for the show. And I just want to shake Giselle. And I just want to shake Robin and shake Candace and be like, you guys, this is your job.
1: Like, get over it. Yeah,
0: Not like, uh, you don't have to forget, you know. You can keep in the back of your mind. I don't trust that bitch. But you have to be able to, like, move forward in a friendship group if this friendship group is going to be authentic and is going to be on Mm -hmm. camera. And what I think works so well about Miami is that they're actually all friends, even when they get pissed at each other. And that, like, the fact that they all care about each other at the end of the day, like, I don't believe that for Potomac anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the stuff that... um, I think the stuff that Giselle did with Chris last season was a little messy, and I totally get Candace not wanting to film with her. Totally get it. But, like, at some point, we have to, like, move on. You know, like, it's, it's, if it's a lie, everybody needs to know it's a lie and then just move on. I yeah. mean, the stuff with Robin and like, just move on. Yeah, but
0: Candace will have to take some accountability with the Robin thing that she, that was her fault. She went to social media and she went on all these podcasts and lives and she was shit-talking Robin. Well,
1: I also agree with Candace. I thought it was kind of shitty how. I agree. Like Robin.
0: It's so shitty.
1: If you read any comments on social media, they all say that Robin doesn't show up enough to work. And you know, with like a storyline and stuff like that. And the fact that she went behind a paywall to give her storyline was just so lame. We'll just put it that way, lame.
0: But tell that to Rob. I agree. Tell that to Rob and don't don't go on social media and don't Yeah. Don't like like what get
1: with her like you would a coworker and be like, listen, girl, you could have had a better season come out on top if you would have just spilled this out on camera, you would have been able to control the narrative. On television, where you have more eyes versus on some small little ass podcasts, you know. <sighs> I don't that's know. Sad. It's just I'm Team Candace with no, with I everybody because I like her, yeah. But like she doesn't to take accountability sometimes.
0: I, just not accountability for what she said for where she said it. Mm-hmm. That's the issue that I have. Don't go on social media like that. Just ruins shows. Like that's what Lisa Rinna did. Let's keep, oh my the God, yeah. off social media and have you interact with the other women, like on camera on camera. That's mm-hmm. all I'm asking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, how do we fix Potomac?
1: I don't know. They don't need a break. I mean, they're great. Um, I think it's like almost become like too comical of a show with like the editing of Robin's house, like in the upside down and stuff, like, yeah, it's cute. But, like, I don't know. I feel like we need to either move on. Right. And keep the core together and give it another season. Or we need Karen, Giselle, Candace, and just ax everybody else and get three new people.
0: Even ax Ashley.
1: Yeah. Cause like her messiness is like repetitive at this point. Like we all know Ashley's going to carry a ball and be messy. Yeah. Which we needed to drive a storyline, but she'd be good as a friend. I don't know. You yeah, know, just pop up, deliver the ball up. and leave. Yeah, we don't yeah. need to
0: keep seeing her, like, non-divorce from Michael and her, like, again, speaking of living independently.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, that was, I check. I mentally checked out whenever she tried to explain, like, the house is in a business, but it's, it's her, like, too much, girl. Just, he's paying me. Oh, my gosh. Too much.
0: Um, well.
1: I told him, can yeah, forever? <laughs>
0: Um, okay I have a question for you You're friends with Joe Bradley Have you been paying attention to the okay. fact that he's Dating Danielle From summer slash winter house
1: I have yes
0: What are your thoughts on that what I don't
1: know um, So people find it weird And they feel like he's like trying to I don't know social climb I saw some comments about that on social media I don't feel that way because I look at it like, you know, they met at BravoCon and how, how would that be different? Like, let's say if they were realtors and they met at a realtor convention, a national realtor convention, and they just started dating, like, how would it be any different?
0: I don't, I don't think. I, I get that
1: there's like elements of like, yeah, yeah, like I get there's elements of like, okay, well, let's say him and Daniel have a long-term relationship. He gets on Winter House and then now he's on Winter House, you know, I think that's just a perk. I don't think that's what he's looking to do.
0: I don't think so either. I actually am more worried for him because of her behavior on Winter House was so out I of need line. To watch it. it was yeah. so bad and she maintains that she's in the right and I think she was in the wrong. Um because she tried to, a to watch a casual, it and get casual to relationship with a much younger man and then there was no casualness to it. She got mad whenever he talked to other women. She got mad when he like, wasn't paying enough attention to her. It's like, if you wanted casual, Mm. then don't say casual because your definition of casual ain't so casual. And casual. Yeah. (laughs) And she seems to like, not take no for an answer in a way that if a man did it, I would say was predatory. Like, like, the the final episode, and I know this is, like, really extreme for me saying this, but the final episode, you know, the guy that she had been hooking up with said he just wanted to focus on their friendship. He did not want to have any sort of romantic anything with her. And she just kept pushing, and then she finally, mm. like, straddled him, and then he gave in. And that, to me, is really like if a guy was doing that to a girl I would have a lot of opinions and so I have those same opinions for her doing it to another man like Danielle it's not just about self-respect it's about respecting the other person and what their wishes are and if they're not interested in you then stop pushing
1: I need I need to watch it because like
0: I'm nervous it makes me nervous yeah Yeah, I mean
1: I I agree like yeah, well, I don't know. I really love Joe; he's great, and um, I think, I think he's smart in that sense. I don't think he would date somebody that was bad. But
0: yeah, I am not. You saying know, he's bad. new to television,
1: just, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah,
0: I, it was sad watching the Winter House reunion and her not kind of fessing up to like I wasn't in a great place. I made some mistakes, you know. Just she kind of doubled down. Oh, he was just disrespectful of me and i'm like okay but yeah. what about your disrespect of him okay but you haven't seen it um speaking of disrespect let's finally touch on southern charm so i have not okay. seen the latest episode as of right now but i will watch it very shortly i did see the clip of you know taylor standing at the dinner and trying to explain things and mentioning that she confided in her brother who's her person that she's closest to and then mentioned, you know, just the way that you were close to your brother, Olivia. And
1: that was low.
0: It's just like, why bring it up? This girl is in the middle of like the worst thus far, the worst experience of her life. And why, why, what do you think's going on with Taylor?
1: I don't know. I, um, Taylor is friendly with Frank. Okay. Um. You know my my good friend. Mm-hmm. And I never met her, so I don't know. Um. But I have not liked her behavior on this season. Yeah. I've I just I've not liked I've not liked any of it. Like when I was single, I used to be a hoe. Like Madison said, just own it. If you're a hoe, like no one's gonna judge you, and if they do, it's not their business because it's your body voices. Yeah. You know, but like. It says a lot about a person, you know, even if Olivia and Austin were never, like, official air quotes, it says a lot about a person if you sleep with somebody they were romantically involved with, like, immediately after it's over. Now, a few years later, okay, it's a small town, but, like, it's just messy.
0: Yeah, and I think that... Her going
1: after the brother was so low.
0: So So low solo just like don't bring it up and then it's also so sad to me that then taylor lost her brother also a couple months after this it's like heartbreaking Ugh. i know it's so bad i know so and sad. i don't
1: know i don't think we're gonna be able to see that unfold i have i haven't heard anything like you know with my friends in charleston or anything um so i was just kind of waiting to see how it come out on air Yeah, But I don't think we're going to get to see that.
0: I don't think so either. But I hope that this has been like a (laughs) process for her and that she is learning some lessons about her own behavior and her own ways that she copes with things and finding some like healthier coping mechanisms. Because if she's going to be going through all this grief, we don't want her kind of making poor decisions again. She should, you know. I don't know, find new ways to, to deal with pain.
1: Take a note out of, if, if she should take anything from Austin, it should be how he's going to therapy, you know, on therapy regularly. And it's like life changing. Yep. And I think everybody, in people that think they're on top of the world, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. I, I wish her the best, but I just I feel like maybe she should probably take a step back from the show. Because what we're seeing is not, if that's not who she is, it's a terrible portrayal, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm, so sad. So sad. But, I mean, I Olivia's looking great. And she, like, as, yeah. I don't know, her, Madison, Craig, like, I'm living for them on this season. Just living. Love Yeah,
1: that. last night at the dinner party when it was airing, I, look to Jackson. I'm like, now, how did Madison and Craig turn out to be like the most, I mean, they're likable, you know, but I'm like, how'd they turn out to be the most likable on this show? Because they both <laughs> just say whatever the fuck's on their mind, you know? And I'm yeah. just like, okay, well, we're, you know, I'm here for it. I like them both. So
0: I love them, especially Madison. I love that. She's sort of taken the place of Cameron in being the narrator of the show and kind of looking around at like how crazy everyone is. It's, it's fun. It's yeah. fun to see her in that Trisha role. should
1: be the narrator, though.
0: Oh. Why isn't she?
1: She probably doesn't want to be bothered with it, to be honest.
0: <laughs> probably not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous you got to spend time with her. Any other kind of final yeah. hot takes yeah. you want to share?
1: Um, No, not really. Other than I think... Nene needs to come back to so Atlanta. I don't know what we need to do to make it right, but she needs to come back, or they just need to can the whole fucking show. That's my... I think that's my most, like, stark opinion. Like, I like all the ladies. Let's be real.
0: Yeah. Do you think Nene would really apologize for what she's done?
1: Um. What do you mean?
0: Like, for trying to sue the network and sue Andy and for saying, like, terrible things about him and the network if... Like if she believed those things, then she probably wouldn't come back. But if she's interested in coming back, then maybe she doesn't actually... I don't know.
1: Well, I think Andy and her probably had a very genuine friendship.
0: I think so, too. And
1: we and we have seen, you know, friends overcome a lot of things. Also, I'm like, needy in the sense that when I'm mad, I, I'm grab a phone, I'm going to get on TikTok Live and start cussing and screaming. You know, I'm like that. So I totally understand. Um, but I mean, no, if those things if she she doesn't have to apologize for how she feels um and if those things did happen to her she definitely should not apologize for it um but i definitely think there's room to move forward you know because she knows that we all love and miss her
0: we do i feel like i yeah. don't know it just needs her back for the show to be entertaining again and we need to get the women together who have actual real authentic friendships rather than forcing people you know, like Drew or Sonia, like forcing them into this group when they're not really part of this group.
1: No, and it's, it showed like during conflict because I don't know if you remember back in season six, there was so much conflict and every time Nini was the one that rallied the girls together. I don't think, I don't think anyone on that show has that ability, to be honest with you. I don't, other than her.
0: Yeah. We need to, even if her and Cynthia can get back together also. I would love to see Cynthia back. I don't think that she was boring. I like her.
1: She'd be a good friend.
0: Yeah. She doesn't have to be main character, you know, but she's a real part of that group. And I want to see the actual friends, you know?
1: Yep. I agree with you.
0: Well, Dakota, tell everyone where they can find you on social media, where they can, you're on cameo, you've got merch, like all the things you want to plug.
1: Yeah. So you can follow me on TikTok. At Print Fairy on Instagram and Threads at Dakota Wright and on Twitter, not X, at For to Drink.
0: <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for coming on, and I'm going to need to have you on another time because I of love Thank your you for hot takes. I'm so into them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just tell it like it is. So. <laughs>
0: I love it. Okay, talk to you soon.